book of Revelation in chapter number 4 this morning. Revelation chapter number 4, been looking at the rapture and the return of the Lord in the last few weeks, and we'll continue doing that uh, today. Revelation chapter number 4 said this statement last week and the week before, the Lord is coming back. And uh, we know He's coming back, and that could be soon. And, um, and um, until then, our life is all about bringing glory to the Lord. And everything we do and everything we say. And the devil's main objective is to keep us from bringing glory to the Lord. He can't have your soul... It will be forever with the Lord. Amen. We're already seated with Him in heavenly places. I mean, it is settled, and praise the Lord for that. So the only objective the devil can have is to make us miserable, hopeless, living in a dark world. And uh, understand, and please hear me on this, if we're living in a hopeless, dark world, miserable world as a believer it's because we're listening to the wrong voice God's word says otherwise God's word says that we're victors God's word says that we can have joy God's word says we can have peace and whatever it is that we're listening to that's making us think otherwise we need to correct our thinking according to the Word of God. Because God's Word's true, amen? And so we have to change that, that literally the way we think. And that's what's in the Bible about renewing our mind and thinking on things that are true because it quite simply is a lie. Uh, I talked to someone this, uh, yesterday, actually, and, um, and the person was going through about uh, all the... Um, things that they're doing wrong and uh and they weren't doing wrong it's just they feel like a loser that's my that's what they said right and uh they, they said i just feel like a loser i can't do nothing right i can't do this i can't do that i can't do this and i said please stop because those are all accusations and if you are constantly being accused in your mind the devil is the accuser of the brethren. So quit listening to those accusations. They're lies. And set your mind on things that are true. What is the truth? The truth is we're God's child. Truth is we're accepted in the beloved. The truth is that because you're God's child... That you are more than conquerors through him that loved us. The truth is, is that we're never going to do anything perfectly. We're never going to be perfect until we get to heaven. But this process is about learning and growing and, and just honoring the Lord with our life. And the more you choose to listen to the wrong voice, the more miserable you're going to get. And the more miserable that you feel, the more you're going to listen to the wrong voice. And if you're not careful... Wrong thoughts will begin to overcome you to a point to where you just want to quit on God, 
put on life. And God doesn't want you to be there. It seems like the last few weeks has been, the devil's really been trying to pound on the, the minds and the hearts of people. Men and ladies, all in our church. And um, if we allow these wrong thoughts to continue, it will make you a most miserable person. Travis Burke is the pastor of this church, and Travis Burke has to deal with his thoughts. The devil always will try to attack, especially on a Sunday night. Ask any pastor you want to. Sunday night, right? Right, Bree. Right, Bree's not a pastor, but she lived. She grew up with one, right? Every Sunday night, and um, I know the thoughts, and I've been listening, and I've been watching, and I've been praying, and it's not one, it's not two, it's not three, it's several. There's some that should be here in church this morning, but they've been listening to the wrong thoughts. And I'm not mad at them. It happens to all of us. Be careful. It's a taught in Sunday school class this morning. God is still the absolute authority. And if we'll just trust Him and listen to Him, God will see us through. I want you to take a trip with me this morning. And I said all that to say this. I understand there's a lot going on in our minds this morning. But I want us to put it aside. I want us to stop and I want us all to take a trip together. We're going to take the trip that John took here in Revelation chapter number 4. We're going to get a glimpse. We've talked about how the rapture is certain. We talked about some thoughts about the rapture, that it is um, secret when it's going to happen. But it will happen suddenly, and when it does, it will be spectacular. It will be a time of separating, as only the saved will go to heaven. The lost will stay here to face those seven years of tribulation. But for us that are saved, the rapture last week should be a matter of comfort, certainty, that God has prepared a place for us. And it's our choice. What we'll do with Christ. He is coming. He's going to call us out of here. And I want us to take a trip together. And get a glimpse of what it's going to be like. When we approach heaven. Because it's going to be glorious. So far in our studies we've met the Lord in the air. But he said. Let not your heart be troubled. Did you hear that? Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Let's talk about that place where I am. There ye may be also. Let's pray that we're going to read. Father, 
lot of our hearts here and Lord else places. It just seems like the devil's been working overtime on our, our thoughts and Lord just getting focused on things that uh, are temporary that we forget that you're in charge. A lot of hurt, a lot of fear, a lot of discouragement. And Father, I pray that, Lord, you would encourage us greatly today and our hearts would be comforted knowing what lies ahead of us here. Please open up this passage to us as we need it this morning. I pray you'd speak to our hearts as only you can, and we love you so much. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. If you're able to, let's stand as we read the scripture, all right? Because I want us to, we're approaching heaven. I want us to stop and be in all of the scriptures here. We're going to read all of chapter number four, just 11 verses, follow with me. After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice, which I heard, was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, and sight like unto an emerald. Round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded a lightnings and thundering and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there were, was a sea of glass likened to crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, the third beast had a face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that live, liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Here, the Lord, again, John has been looking at these things, and the Lord says, come up hither. The sound of a trumpet. Just as one day, that might even be the phrase that's used, right? But the Lord's going to call us up. We'll meet the Lord in the air. Just like John, we'll enter heaven. And I want to look at that this morning. Be seated, all right? Let's talk about this real quick, all right? Here in, you hear there in the ver verse number one, it says, After I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard. What's he talking about? The first voice. Well, I believe it's going back, look back in Revelation chapter one. We got, we're going to use our Bible here and look at these things, all right? But. You know, a lot of people are afraid of the book of Revelation. 
There is a blessing given, promised to those who study the book of Revelation. So if God doesn't, you know, if this was not understandable, then why would God leave a blessing upon those who will study it? Amen. Uh, But in Revelation chapter number one, verse number 10, it says, I was in the spirit, capital S, remember that, on the Lord's day, that's today, Sunday, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. So John, when he first gets this vision, the book of Revelation, he hears this voice as of a trumpet back in chapter number four and in verse number one and I looked and behold a door was opened in heaven in the first voice which I heard as it were of a trumpet so this is the same voice that he heard there in chapter number one are you with me now back in chapter number one sorry right but it's not like it's a lot of turning we're okay right Uh, but in chapter number one this great voice in verse number 11 saying I am alpha and omega the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Uh, he says there uh, that uh, this voice that he hears says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Then he goes on to describe this one. And who is it? Doesn't take a Bible scholar. Who is it that is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last? That is the Lord. Amen? And this is the voice of the Lord. And someday, back in chapter number 4, I believe this is a picture of the rapture that's going to take place. And when we get to heaven, what we're going to behold with our eyes, just as John would beheld it here in this revelation. But he says, first of all, this voice, this same first voice that he heard. And without a doubt, this is the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ and someday the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and he may just be saying come up hither amen and the sound of a trumpet and we'll be gathered together and we'll meet him in the air and then he tells John in chapters 2 and 3 in Revelation you don't have to look at it but in chapters 2 and 3 it is the message to the seven churches Now, I do not believe that this is different ages that we have gone through. I believe all seven churches that you read were present at the time of uh, John's revelation. I believe they've always been present. And if you look around today, you'll find all seven churches represented today. I believe that these are, you say, but that Laodicean church. Absolutely, there are a lot of churches like the Laodicean church. But there's a lot of churches like the church of Philadelphia. And there's a lot of churches like all the other churches that are mentioned there, right? It's what, it's it's called the church age. This age in which we live since the Lord started the church and until the rapture, we live in this church age. And all these representations of these churches and the issues they were facing were being faced then. And right now, if you read chapters 2 and 3, you'll find out we're going through the same things now in our churches. The good and the bad, they're all happening. But in chapter number 4, and over again in chapters 2 and 3, to the church, to the church, to the church, to the church, to the church. But in chapter number 4, come up hither, and you'll never read about the church again. Because it's, we are going to be gathered with the Lord. In this rapture, we're going to meet him. And now, John here, after this voice calls him up, John then, he gets this picture of heaven. In chapter number 6, we'll start the, the judgments of God with the wrath, the vials, and the, and the trumpets, and the judgments, and, and uh, what will take place during the seven years of tribulation on this earth. I'm glad we'll have been called up hither. 
I'm glad we won't go through that. We've been saved from the wrath that is to come. And you'll never read about the church. From chapter number 6 all the way to the end. You won't find him going through anything that's going on on this earth. So again, we believe in a pre-trib rapture. We believe that we're going to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to see all of our loved ones. Great reunion. But John takes us further. What are we going to see? What are we going to see when we enter heaven? Let's take a trip with him. It's in the scriptures, amen? What are we going to see? What can we expect? What are, as chapter 1 and verse 19, Jesus told him to write down, these are things to come. What are we going to behold? Well, let's start in verse number 2. And I will point this out first of all. That we will be recreated. In verse number 2, it says, And immediately I was in the Spirit. Now, if you remember in chapter number 1, when John said he was in the Spirit, there's a difference between that and this. All your Bibles the same? Chapter number 1, it's capital S, right? And chapter number 4, it's a little s. Everybody with me? What's John saying? Something had changed. When this happened, when the Lord called him up, something had changed. There had been a, a re, now he was in the Spirit. Paul talked about the same kind of experience when God gave him a glimpse, a glimpse into heaven. Uh, he talked about it in 2 Corinthians chapter, what is it, chapter number 12, whether in the body or in the Spirit, I know not. There was something different. When John heard this voice, and, and he immediately, the Bible says he was in the Spirit. He said, what all does that mean? I don't know that I can fully explain it and say this, he was changed. And someday, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when the resurrection takes place, when the rapture takes place, these bodies, 1 Corinthians 15, are going to be changed. The Bible makes it very clearly that these, this corruptible body will put on incorruption. This, you say, what's that mean? From the day we're born, we're heading towards death. If you don't know it, I hate to be the one to break this to you. You're getting older. And your body is breaking down. Some of you are like, what? And others of you are like, yes. Oh, yeah. And I'm with you, right? Uh, just, you know, and I, you know, you say, you're 47. Yeah, I know, but I'm not 27. Right? I know, right? There's a difference. And we are from the time we're born. These bodies are heading to death. It's appointed unto men once to die. The body begins to get weak. The body begins to, your muscles erode and your, your skeleton begins to, to bend shrink it's part of the process and right now we deal with sin we deal with sickness we deal with hurt we deal with uh, uh, diseases we deal with cancers we deal with all these things and that, uh, that are a part of this world but at that moment when the rapture takes place guess what's going to happen this corruptible body will be transformed to incorruption this mortal body that is going to die will be changed into an immortal body. We will be changed. 
And I believe just as we talked about last week, for the first time and for all of eternity from there on out, we will have body, soul, and spirit in the image of God, all in perfection. We're going to be changed. There is this recreation that takes place. That's going to happen one day, but then we've got to keep going. In verse number two, we see the regent, the throne. And immediately I was in the spirit, he changed. And behold, a throne was set in heaven. The centerpiece of glory. The very first thing that drew the eye of John. That he was fixed upon was the throne. Everything else he's about to describe was in relation to the throne. When we get to glory one day, we're not going to run first to a mansion. We're not going to run first to, a, to a, a, a river of life. Those things are there. But our attention, our goal, our thoughts, our everything is going to be looking at the throne. Our attention, our, our everything will be there. The atheists like to say there is no throne. The humanists like to say, I sit upon the throne. But the reality is this, that the, in heaven, when we get there, everything is centered upon the throne of God. Amen. That's all that's going to matter. And it's going to be glorious. John talks about it. Let's keep taking our trip. He was recreated. There is the regent, the throne, which everything is centered upon. And then you see reverence. It says there in verse number 2, And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, and the sight likened to an emerald. So when he, he sees, he's changed, he's recreated, there is the throne. But then I say reverence. You see, when he looks upon the throne, one sat upon the throne. Amen? By the way, only one will ever sit upon that throne. Amen? But when he describes the one that sits on the throne, he doesn't give us dimensions. He doesn't say, uh, you know, any parts about, about his face or his shape or anything like that. Notice what he shares about the one that sits upon the throne says, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper. The jasper stone is a clear stone like a diamond. It's completely pure. It will reflect whatever's around it. And the throne is surrounded by this rainbow. We'll talk about it in a second. It is pure it is clear. It is magnificent. I believe that it reflects the glory of God. He is light. I believe that truly it was just be a reflection when he looked upon it. It wasn't a form. It wasn't a person. It was looked to look upon like Jasper. In other words, it just reflected glory. Now I believe we will see Jesus. But this is the throne of God. 
Jesus is seated at the right hand. This throne, again, God is not a person. You've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. But when John sees the throne, he sees all he can say, it's like jasper. It is just a bright light reflecting. Just like you remember when Jesus arose from the tomb and the stone was rolled back. The Bible says it was white like lightning. I believe that the throne is just, just engulfed in the glory of God. But also not just jasper, but the sarding stone. Sardis. It's crimson red. Crimson red. When we see the throne... We will see the glory of God, the holiness of God, the purity of God. And we'll also know that that is only possible for us because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we see the throne, we'll see God's holiness, we'll see the blood, we'll see his glory, we'll see our redemption. It's no wonder we'll just fall on our face and glorify him. When he looked at the throne, all he could do is rejoice in the holiness, the resurrection, the righteousness, the blood of Calvary, the glory of God. You see this recreation, you see the throne, the regent, you see the reverence that is given to he that sits upon the throne, but then you see in verse number three a rainbow. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight likened to an emerald. A rainbow has and always will represent the promise of God. The promise of God. Given there in the book of Genesis to Noah that the Lord will never destroy the earth by flood again. The rainbow is a representation of God's covenant that still stands today. Let me tell you something, please, to encourage our hearts. If God said it in this book, He will do it. Let not your heart be troubled. Someday, we're going to put off all the cares and burdens of this world. Someday, all that will matter is He who sits upon the throne. And all we're going to see is the glory, the holiness, the righteousness of God. And we get to share in the glory and righteousness and holiness of God because of the blood that was shed upon Calvary. And surrounding that wonderful throne is a rainbow. Where God is reminding us of his promise. And that look at me. His covenant stands. That covenant he made this new covenant another way of saying that is new testament this new covenant that he has given to us that Jesus Christ has paid for our sins his blood has been sacrificed and poured out and presented before a holy God and that holy God all those who have received Jesus Christ by believing on his name has declared us to be justified there's no condemnation we've been set free from sin and when we get to heaven we'll be reminded immediately that our God has given us his righteousness our God has given us holiness our God has transformed and put all this behind us because the blood that we have believed in and that Christ 
Christ shed for us. And glory to God, we will rejoice that the promises are true. And surrounding this rainbow, it says, in sight like unto an emerald. There's this green glow about the rainbow. An emerald. So what would that green glow? Green. It's a picture of life. Picture of nourishment. Substance. When we get to heaven, life hasn't ended. It's just getting started. And the promises of God will last for all of eternity. So John takes his trip and there's a recreation. He's in the spirit. There's the regent, the throne, the reverence there as it's described, the Sardis stone and the jasper, the holiness and the blood of Christ, the righteousness of God, a rainbow, which is God's promises are true. And there is life, eternal life. But then in verse number four, you see some representatives round about the throne were four and twenty seats and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had on their heads crowns of gold I believe these twenty four elders represent all of the all of believers all the redeemed I could get really deep into it, but we'll save that for an institute class. But I believe they're a representation of all of us. I think 24 because, you know, the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles. And it represents all believers. And these 24 will sit there. And I want you to see a couple things about, understand, I believe they represent us. A couple thoughts from these, what we just read. But number one, they are there in the presence of God. We are going to be. Right now, we read about Him. Next two weeks in institute class, we're studying Him. <laughs> but we are going to be with Him. And enjoying His presence. And the holiness and the promises and the righteousness and the the glory that is there. Our eyes can't imagine that. But with these elders, I believe you see, we'll be in His presence. But also, we'll finally have peace. These 24 elders, it's really important to note that they were sitting. The journey was done. Pilgrimage complete. This world isn't our home. This world is kind of like Canaan land. God's promised us victory, but we're going to have battles. We're going to have trials, temptations, and enemies. But when we get to heaven, we'll be able to sit down. Our journey's done. Our loved ones that are there, they're able to lay their battle down and just rejoice in the glory of God. They're in His presence. 
resting. Peace. Perfect peace. Forever peace. You understand? Right now, a lot of us are just living, trying, getting through this life, and we have issues and trials and heartaches and fears and burdens and temptations. But someday, believer, it's all gone. And we just get to rest. His presence, His peace, but also His pardon, His purging, however you want to say it. Because you'll notice about this with these four and twenty elders that they're sitting clothed in white raiment. All of our sin and faults and failures and our theme this year is without spot or wrinkle and we're never going to be perfectly without spot or wrinkle until that day. All that sin that keeps whispering in the back of your ear, all those things and that guilt that keeps coming, it's gone. All the temptations that are out there, never again. We will be clothed in white raiment. We have been purged. We have been set free from everything that is sin. We will be perfectly holy. I can't even imagine it. But we will be. His presence, His peace, His purging. But then, I just wrote this word prestige says, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now don't get ahead of me, we'll finish the sermon, but we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and there will be rewards for faithfulness. There are crowns talked about in the Bible. Don't give up, believer. It has no say of whether you go to heaven or not. You go to heaven or not, whether you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. But there will be rewards that's why we'll stand before him one day. And these 24 elders, they had crowns on their head. Now we'll talk about what they do with them in just a second. But they've been rewarded. And then in verse number 5, you see a reminder. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. When you lightning and thunderings and voices... You go back to Sinai. You go back to other places in the scriptures. You remember when Moses went up to speak with God and received the law, received the word. You remember whenever Elijah spoke and spent time with God. Uh, the, the, the fact is this, that God giving his word, God giving his law, and the wonder and the majesty of God, the people around Mount Sinai feared and were in great wonder when they saw the thunder and the lightnings. And Moses heard the voice. I think thundering and the lightning is just a reminder of the wonder, the wisdom and the word of God and his word, you say when we get to heaven the word won't matter, his word is settled forever in heaven and when we get to heaven we'll be reminded and oh so thankful for the wonder and the wisdom and the word of God then you see the revered verse number 5 you're still with me on my trip the recreation who's in the spirit, the regent, the throne, reverence given to heed, it set up on the throne, a rainbow, 
the representatives which represent you and I and those who are there right now, the reminder of the word of God, and then the revered. Verse number five, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Look back in chapter number one, verse number four. John chapter one, uh, Revelation chapter one, verse number four. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him that is and which was and is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. He's saying, now what are these seven spirits? Again, I'm not, I'm giving you my best study and what I believe. And to do that, if you'll take a real quick trip with me, keep your finger right here to Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter number 11. I assume you're intrigued like I am at this, right? What is this talking about? These seven spirits that are before the throne. I'll say it real quick this way. I believe this is a representation of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, He's in heaven. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Say, why does it say the seven spirits? I believe because it represents what the Holy Spirit's ministry is and what the function of the Holy Spirit, who He is and what He does. In Isaiah chapter number 11, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. We know that to be Jesus. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now I want you to count with me. First of all, what we know, he is the Spirit of what? The Lord. Everybody with me? The Lord led the Holy, led the Lord, the, the Spirit led the Lord Jesus. The resurrection, the Holy Spirit empowered the resurrection read the bible but he's the spirit joshua count with me put your finger up there it's the spirit of the lord the spirit of wisdom understanding counsel might knowledge and fear what you got the holy spirit he was the Spirit of the Lord. He worked in the life and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he's also, as we read in James chapter 1, he is our wisdom. He gives us understanding. He's the teacher. He is counsel. He leads us and directs us. He strengthens us. We can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. Knowledge. He gives us how to do what we need to do. And fear of the Lord. A reverence of God. Conviction. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now you say, I don't agree. Well, I don't care. That's fine. But the seven, I believe what we're reading back in Revelation, that this is a, because the Holy Spirit is pictured so often as fire, so often as the tongue of fire there in the book of Acts. But I believe what we are seeing and we will rejoice in is all that the Holy Spirit and how he ministered to us will just glorify and be thankful for the Holy Spirit of God. And all and how he ministered and how he was the spirit of the Lord and how he gave, gave wisdom when we needed it and understanding when we needed it, counsel when we needed guide, might when we needed strength, knowledge when we didn't know what to do and fear of how great our God is. He's the revered. Journey's not over yet. Look at verse number six in Revelation chapter number four. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like in the crystal. 
There was a recreation, a regent, a reverence, a rainbow, a representative, representatives, a reminder, the revered, and then a reflection. The sea like crystal. A reflection. Before they'd ever be able to walk into the temple back in the days of the, uh, the Jewish and the sacrifices, they would first come up to this, this brazen laver made of brass filled with water where there was a cleansing and they would be able to, the high priest would look at himself and if there were any blemishes, any issues, be able to cleanse himself. And that brass would reflect like a mirror. And I believe that this is a represent, representation of that. That as we are seeing the throne and then we look around us, we reminded. Because we'll be able to look into that crystal sea. Again, we don't get dumb when we get to heaven. We'll look into that crystal sea and we'll see ourselves. But what we will see is nothing like we see now. Yesterday, don't laugh at me. Yesterday, I was getting ready to comb my hair, and I looked in the mirror, and uh, I just brushed my teeth. I was making sure, like everyone does, sorry to be gross, make sure there's nothing sticking in your teeth that you need to get out, you know. You all with me, right? So I went, and when I did, my eyes kind of squinted, and I had all these little things shooting out the side of my eye. I almost called Stacy in there to look at it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, eh. When we look someday, imagine a reflection of perfection. All because of God. No mar, no blemish, no spot, no wrinkle, no reminders, no scars. Won't it be awesome? We can approach God because we've been made perfectly holy. What a glorious thought. And then there is, in verses 6, the rest of verse 6, down to verse number 9, what I outlined as the restless. I say the restless because in verse number 8, it says they rest not day and night, right? I mean, that's what it says, right? They're restless. Who are these restless? Again, got to wrap this up, I get it, right? But they are, if you notice where they are, let's read it. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like in the crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So these four beasts are around the throne. They apparently are in between the 24 elders and the throne. These 24 beasts are, uh, uh, sorry, these beasts are uh, described as uh, having eyes front and back, a lion, a calf, a man, an eagle's head. Say, what in the world are we looking at? Here's Travis Burke's commentary, take it or leave it. But I believe these are a representation of the angels of God because Hebrews says that when we approach Mount Zion, heavenly in Jerusalem, there's an innumerable company of angels. The angels are going to be there. Same angels you read about in the Bible, they're there around the throne of God right now. Say, what are they doing? Ministering. Doing the will of God. 
And I believe in just what you read about, it describes these angels that you say, well, what's up with the eyes? They're very vigilant. They're watchful. They guard the throne. They stand around the throne. You understand this, not to get all weird, but there will come a day when Satan will try to take heaven. Read Revelation. Now, he doesn't stand a chance. He doesn't even get to the gate. <laughs> and he's cast down. And when he's cast down, it'll be at the three and a half year mark of the tribulation. And that will make him so furious that the devil will then turn on the Jewish people. And that's why two thirds of Israel is destroyed because the devil knows that's God's people. That's what the Bible teaches. But these angels are there around the throne. I believe their eyes shows their vigilance. The face of a lion shows their courage. The face of a calf shows that they're not afraid to do the labor, the work. The face of man shows their discerning ability. The face of an eagle shows their nobility and majesty. And the six wings represents the fact that they're ready to go, ready to serve, and do whatever needs to be done. That's why I believe they're angels. The representation of the angels. But I'll tell you this, no matter what, in verse number 8, their mouth is saying something very important. Verse number 8, the Bible says this, And they rest not day and night, saying... Now I want you to read the rest of this verse with me out loud, because this is what you're going to hear in heaven, and this is what it's all about. Read it with me. Saying what? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. They are going to be singing and shouting about the holiness of God. So you have this recreation taking our trip in the spirit the regent the throne the reverence of he who sits upon the throne the rainbow about the promises of God's covenant and truth and life the representatives there's 24 elders that represents all of us a reminder that the word of God still stands the revered and the functions of the Holy Spirit the reflection that we have been made pure and righteous for all and can approach the throne of God. The restless, the angels are there and they shout, holy, holy, holy. And then we end with this, the response. When all of the angels, if you will, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, which was and is to come, and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, when they begin this call to worship, the response is the four and twenty elders, which represents us, will fall down before him that sat on the throne, and will worship him that liveth forever and ever. And any crown that the Lord may have said, Well done, and gave us a crown, we will cast that crown before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things for Thy pleasure. They are and were created. What's the response to those angels? We're all going to fall down and worship the Lord and give Him the glory and the honor and the power that is due to His name. Listen to this last statement and I will pray. He is worthy. So we should be willing because it will be worth it all.
quite a trip, isn't it? It's going to be glorious. Look at me. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be.